Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And I am coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time. Rocket can. It is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. And and somebody who apparently isn't unhappy about Tim Tebow in Jacksonville is Trevor Lawrence. Here's what the number one pick had to say about the latest iteration of Tebow mania he looks great you can tell he's just a guy that you want to be around character is awesome just had a few conversations with him and I can already tell um and then just a hard worker you know no one's going to work harder than him and those are the kind of guys you want in your locker room that you want to be around every day so um and then I'm excited to see what he does on the field as well we've got a few days and he looks great he's in he's in awesome shape that was from the AP pro football podcast uh, you know, uh, Tebow caught a few passes at OTAs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but there was um, a – I don't know if it qualifies as a report or it was – I think Diana Rossini I saw on ESPN say that other general managers believe that the Jaguars will use Tebow in a Taysom Hill-type role, which the, the whole thing is, first of all, you have to know whether it's like a joke or not, right? Like, is this just for publicity? Is this just to give this guy a uh, – do a, this guy a favor? Or do they really think he's going to contribute to the team? Um, and if they really think he's going to contribute to the team and, and for whatever reason he, he's ready, you know, he, he's actually, you know, prepared, well, then I guess you would want to use his full skill set, right, which includes his ability at quarterback, though he can't be an every-down quarterback. At the same time, there would be people out there who would go, whoa, why would you even consider the, the idea of taking Trevor Lawrence off the field? messing with Trevor Lawrence's head in, in his rookie year. And, and that dynamic is going to be something that's interesting to follow because when you're, you're talking about the way this is all taking shape thus far, Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be the guy with all the hype, right? He's supposed to be the guy we're talking about. But Tebow has dominated the conversation. I don't know if that takes the pressure off Trevor Lawrence, or if it creates, uh, you know, it seems like he doesn't care, but does it create a strange dynamic? I don't know. It'll be curious because I, I don't know also how long the hype around Tebow lasts. But, it, I mean, you, you, one thing you, you can't say about the guy is that he doesn't generate interest in conversation. Uh, he clearly does. What you going to do when Tebow mania runs wild on you? 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227, at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. Let's go to John in South Carolina. John, you're up next on the show. What's going on? Well, I was talking, listening to you guys about the Mets, and I think the only team that can beat them are really themselves coming out of the East, and I don't think they can beat themselves enough in a seven-game series, so they're going to come out. I just hope it takes a while. 
and the Lakers should move all the way through fairly, hopefully quickly. You got about 20 games left. If they get all the way through and have to play Philadelphia, then it's all about the health, of course. Wait, wait which team are you talking about? Which team are you talking about? The Lakers? Yeah, the Lakers should move all the way through uh, with LeBron and the boys. And, but didn't uh, you just, just say you thought the Nets were going to be in the finals? Yes. So you mean to to play the Nets? You said Philly, so I, w- I was confused. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, yeah, no, the Nets yeah. are going to go through, lose some games because they're just the Nets, and they are the three big heads. Mm-hmm. You got the Lakers and LeBron going through, hopefully easy, staying healthy to face them, and hopefully they're beat up and they lose one or two to themselves, and the Lakers can do the others to win this championship. And real quick on TiVo Mania, who cares? I mean, golly gee, one guy in the world? Yeah, let make all the news in Jacksonville because people like him. And why would Trevor care? I mean, he's got bigger fish to fry than worry about TiVo, and he knows TiVo's history. Sure, he's a name. Anyhow, Lakers should do it. That's it. Well, look, I, I, I will never doubt LeBron James, greatest player of all time, right? Uh, and it, it continues to prove it. Time and, and time again, it is really wild. The guy's been the nine out of the last ten NBA Finals. As far as why would Trevor Lawrence care? Well, Trevor Lawrence would care. I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence does care. I don't think that Trevor Lawrence cares. I think what you heard from him in that audio that we just played was genuine, right? Like, I don't think Trevor Lawrence cares. In fact, if anything, I bet Trevor Lawrence is supportive of all this. But... Why would someone in Trevor Lawrence's shoes care? couple reasons. One, once you start broaching the idea of taking snaps away, even if it's strategic, that can affect a quarterback's rhythm. That can af- affect a, a quarterback's mind state. You know, we saw it with Drew Brees at the end of his career in New Orleans. Um, there were still some people who didn't like that they took Drew Brees off the field. I get it. I think it made sense. And Drew Brees was a limited version of himself. He's not Drew Brees in his absolute prime. I, I, you know, I'm one that does believe that mixing up the looks can be helpful. I just don't know if Tebow still has that ability. We'll all have to see, I suppose. And we're, we're only talking about hypothetical and theoretical situations at this point anyway. But that would be one reason why Trevor Lawrence would care or someone in his shoes would care. And then the other would be this is the guy who's supposed to be the franchise savior. This is the guy who was talked about as the number one pick for years. And he's the number one pick. And all of a sudden, people are talking about not him, but Tim Tebow over and over again. The jerseys that are getting bought by Jaguars fans and fans in general are from Tim Tebow. So that would be why someone in Trevor Lawrence's shoes would care. Again, I don't think he does. I don't it just doesn't strike me that that he does. In fact, I, I could make the, the argument that it's actually good for him in the sense that it takes all the pressure off. No one's talking about Trevor Lawrence. No one's saying what would be a successful season for Trevor Lawrence. What does Trevor Lawrence have to accomplish in his first year in Jacksonville? No one's saying that. Instead, all the talk is about Tebow. So he can come in with with no pressure. He can come in with no real expectations, for sure. That could be a, a positive. But that is why someone in his shoes might care. And we, we see athletes have egos all the time, right? Or, you know, have can have some fragility about that sort of stuff. 
it, it's it's almost mind-boggling that Urban Meyer hasn't even coached a game in the NFL yet, considering how much he, he's gotten the Jaguars talked about this offseason for a variety of things that have nothing to do with winning football games. I mean, he hasn't won a, a game yet. And the Tebow thing is a hot-button topic for sure because you you're talking about someone – and I ultimately believe we we did this. I think it was last week we did this thought experiment. But ultimately, I believe the majority of the backlash against Tebow actually is due to the fact that he is talked about disproportionately to his impact, and people are sick of it. And they they're not actually like anything. It's it's not about like Tebow himself as much as Tebow coverage in general. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227, at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. Let's go to Spike in St. Petersburg. Spike, you're up next. What's going on, dude? Hey, good morning, my friend. Uh, Teddy, you know how much I love the NBA like you do, and I really admire greatness. I saw it with LeBron the other night. He just decided to score. <laughs> he dropped the shoulder, and I don't know how many times in a row he scored. I see Kawhi last night. I watch it with awe and, and reverence for Luka Doncic in a losing game. He will be the best player in the league once uh, uh, the other two guys who are right up there. I don't think you'd argue with me. He, he, his only weakness is, is, is he hasn't played long enough. He, he's incredible. His strength. Then I go to my Knicks, and, um, man, Derek Rose, uh, you can't give him enough credit two or three ACLs or whatever his knee injuries were. And uh, Randall is just showing all the flaws of the poor offense. I mean, and he keeps rookies there and Barrett. I understand a game or two being tight, but they're getting great play out of their two non-scoring centers. It, it's just Atlanta's better than Robert. Atlanta, Trey Young had 14 assists. The Knicks team had 14 assists. The Knicks were the best percentage defensive three-point shooting uh, defenders in the league, easily, by two points, I think. They were on 60% last night. And then they go to the line 30 times and they make 90%. They just they don't have offense. they gotta do, They got to move Randall up a little bit. Don't, you know, he doesn't see the third guy coming at him. I know you have a keen eye for picking everything up, I said. It's just Thibodeau's got to make an adjustment. The Hawks are better than them. No question about it. They're more talented, yeah. Yeah, they're more talent. There you go. That's the right word. They have more talent. This kid, Trey Young, the more I watch him, the more I like his basketball acumen. Uh, he just sees the floor beautifully. Well, yeah, he's getting in the paint that, every time, and he's picking uh, them apart. I, I, I think the real problem for the Knicks uh, – look, uh, uh, Spike, uh, the Knicks had a great season no matter what happened, right? Right. They, they exceeded all these expectations. But the the problem – here's where, where my genuine concern would be if I'm a Knicks fan is the building blocks. Are Correct. the building blocks crumbling a little bit? Because R.J. Barrett, he's young, so you give him a little bit of a pass, but he has not had a good series. And then more importantly, Julius Randle has played so poorly. Uh, you that can't you, even imagine it. Yeah, that you wonder about, it, like, oh, do you really want to commit to him as a franchise cornerstone? And it's some of those things that, uh, you know, made me not love his game before this season. I mean, he was a beast this season, but before this season, I always felt he played in a little bit of a tunnel. Where he, he was you know, a numbers he, hanger. Yeah, and he didn't see the, the floor, you know, out of his peripheral vision much. And you're seeing that come to light again. 
Uh, and, wow. and that I think has to be what's most concerning for Knicks fans is, uh oh, not not did you know? It's not as the bubble burst thing because we knew no. that the Knicks played above their heads. But no. are the the things that we thought we might be able to count on going forward crumbling a little bit? Well, I've heard theories like this, and you can roll it around. Thanks for the time. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Here's here's the theory I hear, and this is Monday morning quarterbacking or Tuesday night basketball, you know, anticipation. Call it what you want. I hear this. Well, the Knicks played so hard every game of the year, and the and the teams with more talent, they didn't. Uh, they sat guys down. They did the load management. Look, when you're putting a new team together, and you uh, the turnaround Randall had, everyone's talked about this from 28 to 41 percent. The help defense he played all year, he made such a quantum leap. He might be done. He might be emptied. That's a possibility, but they don't have another guy. He starts Rose, and I'm getting texts from my kids, and this guy, I said, don't play too many minutes, guy. And you know what? Rose still has his hops. He's amazing to me. And he's learned how to shoot a little better, too, with his age. So, look, we'll watch it. I still think now, I'll leave you with this. <clears throat> I watched the Lakers the other night. I love Anthony Davis, and I love Joel Embiid. Unequivocal beat. They're the two best bigs in the game. I'm sure you'll agree. Well, Jokic, is, no, Jokic is right there with them now. They have no three-point that... shooters, the Lakers. That's their problem. Yeah. Are you right? Am I right? Yeah, no, look, uh, and appreciate the call as always, Spike. The, the Lakers' spacing is, is an issue. Uh, the the, the three-point shooting does need to get better. Defensively, though, they're the best in the league. Um, you know, when it actually matters, that's the best defensive team in the league. So we'll, we'll see how that works against some of the better teams. I just don't know who they're vulnerable against in the West. I, I think, you know, the, the East, those elite teams in the East can beat them. I, I don't know if any of those teams in the West are actually good enough. It, it's the inverse of, of what used to be the, the old talking point. And it's kind of hilarious because people used to say, you know, LeBron, you know, the runs the East. The, what did we do in the West? Now he's in the West, and we're saying the same thing about the West. But once Murray went down, I just don't know what that which team that is. Uh, Doncic individually, sure. I mean, he's brilliant, but I don't think he has enough help. The Clippers, even if they come back to to wind up beating the Mavericks, I, I think we've seen that's a flawed basketball team. Jokic can only ask to be carry so much load for the Nuggets, who's creating off the dribble for them. And, you know, our, our, the, the Suns are playing the Lakers right now. Are, are the Jazz a real team, or are they a regular season team? I, I, that's the, the, you know, the thing with the Lakers. I, I think I just don't identify the team in the West that's going to beat them. In the East, I think there's three championship-level contenders, right, in, in Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and, and Philadelphia. Brooklyn and losing to Boston last night. They got game four tomorrow. Philly and uh, Milwaukee play today. Milwaukee's trying to close that series out. Philly looking to take the 3 nothing series lead over the Washington Wizards, which I do believe will happen. And that's, you know, some of these play-in teams, they, they, play, they play themselves in. There's a reason they were, they were playing teams in the first place. And then you got the Jazz and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies did take a game in that series. That actually is a 1-1 series at this moment. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Coming up, going to talk to somebody about some of the biggest stories in the NFL. And unlike Julio Jones, they will know that they are live on the air. 
I, I, I don't know for sure that Julio Jones didn't know he was live on the air, but obviously that was a big viral moment uh, earlier this week when, when he was called up by Shannon Sharp. Um, Julio Jones on his way out of Atlanta. What is an actual good fit for him? What is the best fit, the best destination for Julio Jones? We'll answer that coming up next. It is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg Show. It is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. And if you're talking about Tebow trying to play tight end, who better to talk to about that than someone who did play tight end in the NFL? I'm joined now by Anthony Beck, 12-year NFL tight end. Got like 12 podcasts, too. Walking the plank, <laughs> spitting fire, and Beck's fight plan. You can check those out. And Anthony, when you, you're, you hear about what's going on with Tebow, and, and you know you know what you know about him and what you know about the position and what you know about the NFL. What is your, what are your thoughts on the attention that's been paid to this and the, the possibility of it working out? Yeah, no, good morning. Uh, it's good to be on. Uh, yeah, like I, I was pretty, I, I wasn't adamantly against it. I just, you know, I, I just thought it was kind of a funny situation. I mean, uh, you know, in all seriousness, it's very difficult to play the tight end position. Like if you're not good at other positions and you say, okay, let's just, what's the next best thing. And let's play tight end. That's not really, you know, the best option or is really anything else. I mean, I, you know, if you were playing the game year after year after year, you developed yourself over a couple year period, I I could definitely legitimize this. But when you're talking about being out of the game for, again, I don't know how many years it's been, uh, eight or so years, 10 years, maybe uh, being off the field and then, you know, coming in and because you have muscles and you bulked up doesn't mean you can play the position. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, there's a lot of strong, muscular guys that I played with that never got a down or a lick on the field. So, uh, you know, I haven't had the, the chance to see any on-film things or uh, anything he's done in OTA so far. I mean, clearly when you put the pads on, which that won't happen till preseason. So that's the only way you're going to get a, a true testament of it. But it's going to be a struggle for him. I can't imagine him uh, making the team specifically for tight end, but if there's other opportunities there where he can be uh, a different, maybe a big fullback or like a wild, a bigger wildcat guy, I could see that. But other than anything else uh, from a full-fledged tight end, you know, running flat routes and things like that, I just it's just super difficult. And people say, well, you know, and I talk about blocking. Blocking's not even going to be uh, something that he'll be able to manage in, in the stretch of time, but. I will say that, you know, not a lot of tight ends are being asked to block, but if he's not being asked to block, why is he bulking up and trying to get so big and strong uh, that clearly is going to have to be a part of his game? So, you know, look, at, to be a true tight end, you have to do everything well, pass, protect, all those things. I, I completely see him as a gadget guy, if anything, but as far as the specifically playing tight end, to me, it's just kind of like, okay, I, I don't really take it too seriously. Do you think after all this they can cut him? Like, I mean, do you think – or is Urban Meyer giving thought to that, the, the media coverage and everything like that, or is, is he, he totally blocking that out? Because, you know, the amount of, of talk you would think that – and the, the jerseys that they've sold, you, you think they almost are going to just give him a roster spot because. Yeah, I'm actually amazed that the, the league would actually allow them to sell jerseys for him pre-making the roster. I, I think that's a – I don't want to say it's a huge mistake, but – you're right. I think all those things do play a factor. I mean, if he's truly getting evaluated like everybody else according to how he's playing and what he brings to the table, I just don't see a factor where he actually should make the team in reality. But, again, you're right. There are a lot of hidden things there. I mean, you know, ticket sales, all those things may take a big jump. 
So I, I could see a world where he does make the roster, but to me, I just think it's it's a wasted spot, and there's probably some other guy guys out there that could actually help your team in, in a different way. Robin Lundberg talking to Anthony Beck, 12-year NFL tight end. He's got podcasts, Walking the Plank, Spitting Fire, and Beck's Flight Plan. Uh, switching gears a, a little bit to Julio Jones, how much do you think he still has to offer and is there a team that you you know you always hear guys available and then a whole bunch of teams pop up? New England is one that's been mentioned. You know, there's been the pictures DeAndre Hopkins and all that. Where do you think is the best landing spot for, for Julio Jones to to still be the best version of himself? Yeah, not not New England because uh, if he just wants to play and and utilize his skill set and, and, and have a little bit of ease into the situation, I I just don't see that that's what he wants. I mean, he clearly wants to win. Uh, you know, I don't know where those spots are. Is it is it San Francisco? Uh, you know, is it hypothetically Green Bay? If 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 there's a way Aaron Rodgers comes back, um, you know, I, it's clearly not going to be you know Tampa Bay. Uh, they're they're loaded up. Uh, you know, maybe it's Indianapolis. That's that's a spot he can go. Uh, you know, the, the, those are the those are the places. Um, you know, Seattle. You know, maybe maybe that's a spot, but. I just don't know as far as talent-wise. I mean, he's definitely one of the best receivers in the league, but he is deficient in some areas as far as his body, health, uh, wear and tear. Those things have caught up with him the last couple of years. Uh, He's missed some games. And, you know, look, if you're going to bring a guy in that caliber, and I'm sure he's not going to want to go anywhere and play for, you know, NFL veteran minimum, which he wouldn't get because he deserves more. I mean, just whatever his mindset is, the the better team you want to play on, the, the, the way the contract, is going to probably not be in his favor. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, if, if he's willing to say, okay, you know, I don't have to be the highest guy, best paid receiver on the football team, you know, he can go anywhere he wants. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I, I clearly think he can help a team uh, that's right there, right, you know, close to, you know, making that jump and, and be an asset to them. And, and those snaps may not be as, um, you know, wearing as maybe they were in, in Atlanta as well, where they leaned on him quite a bit. So, be interesting to see. I think he's definitely increases the value of any football team he goes to. Yeah, you, you mentioned New England. There, there was a report that you know Mac Jones has has his swag has impressed some people around. Who do you think winds up starting a quarterback for them at the beginning? I, 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 yeah, I would just play Mac Jones. Honestly, I mean, you know, they they basically got a full season of Cam Newton. They kind of saw what they had. They had to you know change their offense to to kind of suit the style of Cam Newton. I think they really want to get back to what they're, they're starting to do and, and try to just, you know, get back to that offensive, um, you know, play calling that they have with Brady. Not not that because it's comparable to what Brady is, but, you know, they can do a lot more stuff, uh, what they're doing offensively uh, with Mac Jones there than Cam. So I think it's a no-brainer. I think you start the kid. You, you, if you're trying to get this thing turned around, and Belichick, obviously, who knows how many years he's got left, you might as well try to ride this storm and try to get it right here in a three-year window. So I definitely would start Mac Jones. Robin Lindbergh talking to Anthony Beck, 12-year NFL tight end podcast. He's got called Walking the Plank, Spitting Fire, and Beck's Flight Plan. Uh, speaking of flight plans, Aaron Rodgers has had some. He's been seeing pictures in, in tropical places and maybe once flights out of Green Bay at this point. Uh, his interview with, with Kenny Mayne made some headlines earlier this week because Aaron Rodgers has been the talk of the offseason. The only thing it did for me, Anthony, was further confirm that the situation with Rodgers and, and Green Bay, that the friction is not about personnel, but it's personal. You know, it, it clearly seems that Rodgers has personal beef with, with people in, in that building in the front office. 
There's no doubt. I mean, look, he wasn't worried about Jordan Love. I mean, that's the last thing on his mind. I mean, he, he credited the kids. You know, I remember when they drafted him and also moving forward. I mean, you know, look, the, the guy won the MVP. You know, they, 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 they've been close here, and he knows his clock is ticking. And, uh, you know, as an organization, when you're forming a team and trying to make a run, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking about the moment, and you're also thinking about the future. And I just don't know. And I think you can do both. I think you can still build for the future and still – given an immediate impact to the football team. And I just don't see how the last couple of draft classes really uh, put that, put those things in place. And, you know, Aaron's played there a long time. He doesn't owe them anything. Uh, if anything, you know, they, they need to kind of come together and try to figure out, you know, again, it's not him making the draft picks. It's not him saying, I want this guy. It's him just being at the table and saying, hey, Aaron, these five guys, these six guys, this is what we're looking at. Where do you see deficiencies? Where do you see the holes on offense? What is what is going to make this team get over the hump? He ain't getting that, and he deserves that. He really does. I mean, I know he's a player in this step, but I'm just saying, he, he's. I don't need to ask him who to get. I just need him to be a part of the solution, and apparently right now he's not, and, and that's how organization, some organizations are, and that's what it is, and he doesn't like it, and he wants out. And, and you, know, that last part, he wants out. Do you think that is something that we will see? Do you, because it does feel like it's getting to that point where he, you know, the point of no return, and, and his goal is to be playing somewhere else. Yeah, you know, the question is where and how it gets done. Uh, I, I would, I would lean on the side of him not playing, than actually finding a a, a partner. Because as, as we get closer to the season, clearly, um, you know, it's not advantageous for anybody at that point, except for the person that's going to get him. Um, if you're really trying to move them and, and take what's available. So um, I, I really do believe that uh, he's willing to sit out. I think it would be a travesty for the league not having him play. But, uh, again, he's, you know, he's, his personal feelings and what he, his gut is telling him I, and what I'm reading here, all signs point to at least not playing for the season and just sitting out. So, you know, we'll see. I, maybe he shows up. I, I got a feeling that, his personality is, you know, he looks like he's putting all his chips into this thing. So regardless, he's either going to be with another team or the other situation is he's just not going to show up and not play at all. Wow. Uh, I guess more time to host Jeopardy. Uh, Anthony, yeah. <laughs> Which pays handsomely, I've, I've heard over the years for Alex Trebek. So, uh, you know, God rest his soul. But that, that's not a bad gig either, you know, as far as – and I, and I, what I've heard from Jeopardy, don't they bang out a bunch of those? Yeah, shows? Yeah, they like do. In, I'm in pretty sure months. they tape. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of the best jobs in the world, right? You, you work for two I, weeks I and so. then <laughs> you're good money. I mean, he's looking pretty smart if that's what he wants to do. But that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> there you go, Anthony Beck. Uh, his podcast, Walking the Plank, Spitting Fire, Beck's Fight Plan. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, man. You got it, man. Have Memorial Day weekend too. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg Show. Yeah, you heard him. You can do that. Raining here on the Northeast on this Memorial Day weekend. But let's not let that rain on our parade. <laughs> Sorry. 855-212-4227 if you want to get in before I hand it off to Ken Carmen. 855-212-4227 at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. We've talked Aaron Rodgers, Tim Tebow, Julio Jones, NBA playoffs, fan behavior which is, you know, it's cool having fans back in the arenas, but not so cool the way some of them act a fool. But right now, it's time to get to the topics I have not hit as of yet in another one.
What is up first? All right, so uh, Devin Booker, he just outright shoved Dennis Schroeder while he was in midair on Thursday night in uh, Game 3, and some believed that Booker should be suspended for Game 4, and it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Anthony Davis spoke out about how the play was definitely dirty. Uh, Schroeder himself took it a step further, outright claiming that Booker did in fact deserve to be suspended and that it would be deemed as such in the regular season. So, did Booker deserve to be suspended? Uh, You know, I I don't necessarily disagree with with what they're saying. I mean, when when somebody's in that position that that Schroeder was in there and they're in the air, they don't really have the, the ability to protect themselves on the land if they are pushed in the air you know I I don't think Devin Booker necessarily meant it that way you know sometimes there's a a moment of frustration uh that that comes about and and it's not like oh look I'm gonna shove this guy out of the air and and I don't really think that's what he's about as a player uh I also don't think it was too violent you know it wasn't one of those things where it was egregious but I understand the point of view that they're, they're trying to get across. Um, I think ultimately I prefer you know, good players, great players aren't suspended, especially if it, it's borderline. But yes, I, I get the gripes that the Lakers players have in, in this case. I'm watching it again right now. And no, I, I mean, I would say if I'm reviewing that as the league office, I'm not suspending him. It, it, is, you know, it was worthy of being ejected from that game. I don't think it, it is worthy of suspension, giving it a, another look right now. What's next? Sticking in the NBA, uh, Golden State Warriors president and general manager Bob Myers, he spoke at length with reporters this week and was asked about the possibility of trading James Wiseman. The thought is that with Clay coming back next season, you would want to have guys that could help you win right now. Myers said, we don't want to trade James Wiseman. I think he's a tremendous talent. I think he can be very helpful for us in the future. And in the present, we plan on him being on the team. So should the Warriors hold on to James Wiseman? Uh, You know, I am generally not a fan, and I said this going into the draft, of of drafting a big early in the draft. I just think unless you're talking about a truly transcendent kind of player you know um somebody who is just so talented you can't deny them that position is too easy to fill in today's NBA now there's been a little bit of a big man renaissance this year you know Nikola Jokic is going to win the MVP uh Anthony Davis is a great player obviously Joel Embiid was in that MVP race but even if you look at the recent examples like DeAndre Ayton has been great for the Suns against the Lakers but if that redraft was happening right now, where would he go in that draft? As good as he's been, where would he go in that draft? I think you'd have to take Luka Doncic, number one, and you'd have to take Trey Young, number two, given the way that those guys have played. Um, Wiseman hasn't shown even that level of ability as of yet, and the Warriors played better um, when he went down. Now, that doesn't mean he won't grow and get better, and you don't want to make any premature or, or rash decisions. But I, I do think ultimately that will wind up being a, a draft pick that the Warriors look back on and think maybe they could have uh, gone some, somewhere else 
uh, with it or, or if they aren't, you know, actually considering trading him. What's next? To the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens currently engaging in contract extension talks with the former NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson. On Wednesday, Jackson touched on the topic briefly with reporters. So he's joined by the likes of Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen as members of the uh, 2018 NFL draft class eligible for extensions for the first time. So who will get his extension first, Robin, do you think? Lamar, Baker, or Josh Allen? Uh, I I wasn't expecting the question to be phrased that way. Um, Hmm. Josh Allen. Uh, Just because, you know, it it seems like the – the biggest no-brainer as far as his connection with Buffalo, the season he, he, he kind of had and getting that done. Baker Mayfield is the worst of those three quarterbacks, and I still think he's very good. So I think ultimately that gets done as well, but there, there may be a little bit more uh, hesitation in general. Lamar Jackson, I think, is just the, the deal needs to be worked out, but Lamar Jackson is going to probably his representatives, unless he's, he winds up you know, doing the deal himself, uh, I think he he might have said something about that the other day, but that could wind up being the um, you know asking for the richest uh, deal in in NFL history. You know that that that's the kind of thing I think he could uh, ask for reasonably. Actually, so could Allen uh, May, Mayfield, not so much, but Allen could make that same case. Yeah, it, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback, and rightfully so, he got the biggest deal. But the way it's worked in the past is whichever quarterback signed that next deal would, would sign a record-breaking deal, right? Um, I, I don't think Dak Prescott's deal was so far off of Mahomes that Mahomes' can't actually be taken over. So I, I think in, in all three of these cases, the deals will get done. In all three of these cases, there'll be mega deals. So it's hard to predict which one will, will happen first. But I, I guess the, the one that I, I, I think um, you could see, you know, protracted negotiations about where it ends up being would be Lamar Jackson. But if he is, you know, indeed representing himself, that might change the, uh, <laughs> you know, that might change the, the whole dynamic because it's got to be harder when you're doing that yourself to, to hold out and fight for all those little aspects. If he has an agent um, doing it for him, then I, I would guess Allen's happens first, but I, I mean, to be honest with you, Anthony, that's an impossible question to answer. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> to the Major League Baseball, and it was a uh, interesting week for uh, the Phillies manager Joe Girardi. So first, he withheld uh, injury information about Bryce Harper, and then a couple days after that, Girardi said that he won't be giving injury information about anyone on his team to anyone in the public. So. On Thursday, Girardi uh, faced some questions about uh, why their second baseman, Gene Segura, was uh, pinch hit during the eighth inning of Thursday's game against Miami, but then he did not stay in to play second base. 
Girardi responded by informing the media that he would no longer be publicly divulging injury information, citing the fact that he thinks it's somewhat unfair to the team to do so. Uh, Of course, unlike most other sports, MLB does not mandate that teams release any sort of injury report or make that information publicly available unless a player lands on the IL. But do you think Girardi is going down a uh, bad path here? Well, it it just... I guess it doesn't make sense, you know, why he's uh, <laughs> he feels the, this this need to be so coy about it. I I, I don't um, <laughs> he's overcomplicating it. I I guess would be the 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 factor here. You know, we, we all know um, why you know something might be happening. You know, like it, it's plain to see what is what is the the upshot for him. You know, and he's saying, is it gamesmanship? I know he said he admitted to to lie. He lied earlier this week to, to deceive the opponent, uh, to make them think that he was available to, to pinch hit. I, I, I just, for me, I think, you know, some degree of, of transparency is appreciated by, by everybody. And I actually think it helps the players because when you don't know, that something is bothering somebody and their performance is suffering, um, it, it makes them look worse. I think when you, you have a, a degree of, of knowledge about the, the situation, it, it just helps fans understand everything that's going on. And, and it, it just, to me, it seems like it's not that he's crossing some sort of line or, or setting a dangerous precedent. It just seems unnecessary from Joe Girardi. What's next? Uh, we talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers uh, before. There's some more Aaron Rodgers in this, uh, news this week. So Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady, they're going to team up to battle Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers in a golf match on July 6th. Uh, you intrigued? Will you be watching? Uh, you know, uh, you know I, 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 I don't know um, if I'm, like, circling my calendar, but that's a lot of star power. Uh, look, Aaron Rodgers right now is maybe the – most talked about guy in general. So anything he's doing, any jokes that are getting made that way or, or comments are going to draw attention. Tom Brady's already been uh, promoting it by being funny uh, on social media. And the whole DeChambeau, uh, Brooks Kepka thing, which was hilarious. So there, there's enough going uh, around there with storylines and, and personalities where I think it, it, it's a, a good booking, if you will. It's almost a good like pro wrestling style booking to get some attention. What's next? All right, finally, I don't know. Did you see this? Uh, we got some Spider-Man No Way Home rumors, and um, this one features William Defoe's The Green Goblin returning as the leader of the Sinister Six. How about that? Well, it seemed to me that that's clearly what they were going for with the multiverse stuff and some of the casting decisions they had made hiring some of the villains from previous Spider-Man movies, right? And, you know, it it makes sense to, instead of, like, microwaving in a Sinister Six from the MCU, that you could bring these guys in from parallel universes and you wouldn't need to do their backstory as quickly. And then if, if you're doing that, then the next logical step is obviously the Green Goblin being the, the primary antagonist via the Sinister Six. But I, I, I think we're, we're both curious as to how Marvel's going to pull off all this multiverse stuff and the direction that they take 
um, the the next phase of, of movies. But to, it, it always seemed when they were making that, you know, they're they're casting Doctor Octopus and uh, Electro, Jamie Fox, and and uh, who played uh, Doctor Octopus? What, what's his name? It's oh uh, yeah, right Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina from the previous Spider Man movies that they were were planning to put together a Sinister Six in that fashion. So that rumor. Does in fact yeah, and it make sounds sense. like uh, Thomas Hayden Church could be coming back for Sandman uh, supposedly, and then uh, right the Lizard and Rhino from the amazing uh, the amazing Spider-Man film. So there you have it, there you have it. Uh, this show starts at the sinister six to ten uh, Eastern here on CBS <laughs> does, Sports yeah. Radio. You can catch me uh, at that time slot. Every Saturday morning, or grab the podcast odyssey.com. Just look for the Robin Lundberg Show. Hope everybody enjoys their Memorial Day weekend. Ken Carmen is up next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 